you have to have the fortitude to keep trying after countless rejections. Really know mm-hmm. your goals at the end of the day. Hola amigos and welcome to the Add to Houston Admigos podcast, a podcast for young professionals in the marketing and advertising industry who are learning to navigate their early careers. I am Guido Falcone, immediate past president of Add to Houston, joined today by my co-host. I'm Brittany Lemoyne and I'm the public service chair with Add to Houston. And as always, our producer Jacob D'Antone here in the studio with us. Hello. Ladies and gentlemen, today our guest is the woman, the myth, the legend, Rose Garza, joining us again for the first time in a long time. Thanks for having me on the show today, guys. It, it really means a lot that y'all asked me to be a speaker for today's segment. A little bit about myself. My name is Rose, as we don't mention. I'm an award-winning marketing manager who specializes in paid media at Jones Steelworks. I have just about over four years of experience leveraging authentic storytelling to help captivate audiences and really help develop an emotional connection is that drives conversion. I've been a member of AEF since I joined <laughs> the collegiate chapter at the University of Houston, which I believe Go is Cougs. just about 11 or 12 years now that I've been a part of AEF. I've served on various board positions from fundraising to events and communications, and as, as Guido mentioned, the president, the uh, position, um, I'm passionate about finding golden nuggets and raw data. Um, apart from that, in my free time, I like to spend time like going camping, grabbing a few beers at my favorite bars, uh, traveling, building puzzles, playing Call of Duty and mind people, oh. and really just all around spending time with, with my loved ones. Yeah, I, thank you so much, Rose. Uh, yeah, you are, like I said, you are the original co-host of this podcast along with me. Um, and, you know, you, for some reason, moved to Austin. But we, we always had you here in our hearts. We, never, we You know, you, you've been a, a good friend of mine for so long. And, you know, you had such a great journey, right? Uh, that, like you said, started with AIF Houston. Or, sorry, University of Houston, which is also where I started. Uh, and I think where Brittany started too. Yes. Yeah. 75% of this podcast right now went to the University of Houston. But yeah, so you, you've been involved with AAF, like you said, for, or, well, you've been involved with Ad2 maybe a little, really like a year less than with the American Advertising Federation, right? So, but yeah, ha- that sounds about, yeah, yeah, probably like a year or two because you started in college and there's no Ad2 in college. How do you hear about, you know, AAF and then by extension Ad2? Yeah, so like, as I said earlier, I attended the University of Houston. I studied at, studied advertising and had a focus in it at Jack, LA, uh, Jack J. Valenti School of Communication. I believe I was in my sophomore, maybe early junior year of my collegiate education. I, I really think it was my junior year. So I was taking my first class with Professor Larry Kelly. And uh, Larry Kelly. for those of you who don't know who though that is, he's just really well-known and respected in the ad industry. He's really known for his contributions he made for the improvement of, of advertising by really helping craft the next generation of ad leaders mm-hmm. in our industry. He's written several books about advertising. Well, at U of H, he was not only the professor, 
but he served as the uh, advisor for the American Advertising Federation of University yeah. Houston, so AF collegiate chapter at U of A, and he served also as advisor instructor for the National Student Advertising Competition. Uh, and uh, mm-hmm. so, like I said, I just started taking classes with Professor Kelly. He mentioned a few times about the club, the benefits of joining, and I even believe he said that we would get extra credit if we joined mm-hmm. AF. U of A, so he would give us some type of bonus point on the oh, next um, oh, on cool. the next exam. I he said get something. That. And on top of all of that, like I really just kept on seeing these flyers around, like. The Valencia campus in the computer lab promoting AF U of H upcoming info night, uh, which was around the same time that U of H hosted Cat Back event. So I really think I, I was a junior. Yeah, so like I said, I, I think it's important to note that these flyers have been up for weeks, like a really, really long time. Like I just kept on seeing them when I went from class to class. They really did a great job promoting the event, yep. from what I, I could recall, just because. It helped stay top of mind. So I really was going back and forth at the time of like, if I wanted to attend, if I didn't want to attend, if I would like the club, if I would make friends, if it was a walk of endowment. There was just like a lot of ifs that kept me from making a final decision. Like I truly felt this feeling of indecisiveness, like overall anxiety and social anxiety about attending and if I'm being like, completely honest, I think I felt this level of uh, a fear, or fear of the unknown, of really stepping out of my comfort zone, doing mm-hmm. something that really wasn't traditionally discussed in my social environment. I mean, this was, like, coming at a time in which I just transferred from a community college. I was going to be the first person to graduate in my family, which felt overwhelming in the sense that you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And the only thing I truly knew is that I had to rely on myself to build my own professional network and community because there was no generational access that was going to be available to me that was full of like influential contacts that could help me get my foot in the into different doors, that could help me get my first internship, that could help me at all in general. So I knew I had to create my own community. So like as I said, like I just kept on going back and forth. Yeah. Uh Eventually, like, I brought it up to one of my friends, and we went back and forth amongst ourselves, and we finally, finally decided that if we didn't like the event, it was just going to be only a waste of one night. So, like, it's not like we're committing this big amount of time or effort into it, and just by her attending the event with me, she was like a blanket, in a sense, <laughs> uh, like a coping mechanism that, like, yeah. gave me this feeling of control, so... I knew if one of us didn't like it, we could simply leave. Like, similar to Greedo Store, if you tune into a past mm-hmm. segment that you attended, you were forced at your event with Mark. Yeah, I, I, he was my security blanket. Yeah. Yeah. And he, like, provided you this level of comfort. So we both decided to go to ASU of H's Info Night, and it really just took off from there. Like, yeah. I joined almost immediately. <laughs> the level of access it gifted me I would not be able to gain anywhere else. Yeah. It, like, we went on agency tours. I did workshops to expand my craft. Uh, I attended educational panels that helped explain different areas of focus, agencies, like <laughs> agency types, audience insights, and a bunch of other knowledge that was shared with us. Like, I remember stepping inside an agency the first time and, like, really just feeling 
the sense of fulfillment. Like, I knew I belonged there. Here in the sense that, like, it confirmed this is what I wanted to do with my life. And at the stores, like, we really walked around the agency, talked with a few people, learned what to do, learned what they do there. And it really just inspired me to go for it. It taught me that there is a space for all types of voices in our industry and a voice like mine and a voice like yours and everybody yeah. else listening is unique and worthy of hearing. The experience that AES U of H provided was truly a gift for someone like me who has no professional community. It really opened my eyes and attending that one event changed the course of my life. Like from there, I became involved in at two through the partnerships they did at the time with A of U of H. And I slowly got introduced to Attitude Benefits and shortly later yeah. became a member and I started attending the event. And then I became a club officer at U of H. And I always kind of had this mindset that you get what you give. Mm-hmm. So the energy you put into things is like the energy that will return back to you. And I knew attending these events and becoming an officer was only part of what I needed to do. So, like, on top of everything else I was doing at the time, I started volunteering for a Houston's event from the Addy. Well, I think they're called the Triple A now, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the American Advertising yeah, Awards. Yeah, the Triple A's. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Not a fan the of that name. The Trailblazers, uh, luncheons, and any events that they hosted. Like, I really started making these influential connections in the yeah. Houston ad community by meeting, like, different agency owners, C-suits, directors, hiring representatives, mm-hmm. and other, like, young professionals who were coming up when I was. Those connections later on would help me break into the industry because we all know it's super competitive, and it provided valuable insights to how to navigate different circumstances. Yeah. And then, of course, after I graduated, I became more involved in that, too, and shortly became club officer and later became its president. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's an that's an awesome story because uh, it's very similar to almost everyone we talk to. Uh, I everyone in this, well, most of us in this podcast right now also had Professor Kelly as a teacher, but he's not just a professor like you mentioned, right? He runs the UH chapter, but he's also he also kind of run the advertising uh, program at UH. Is the reason that it exists, uh, and those are the type of connections that you make being part of this club, right? You see the the influential people like you mentioned uh and it's funny because you you were like i'm not sure i want to go to this uh 11 years later you're still involved <laughs> right yeah i think that's how all of us <laughs> have gone <laughs> right it just you just slowly start integrating in more and more <laughs> yeah um so moving into your professional um career you are a marketing manager, but a lot of that is in paid media. Um, can you talk a bit about what that entails, what paid media entails? Yeah, so I've done paid media for different industries in my career at various agencies. Like, I currently work at Jones Stillworth, which is a agency in Austin, Texas. I moved from Houston, and at, at Jones Stillworth, uh, our goal is to make president setting science companies well-known and understood. And being a paid media expert uh, means I'm responsible for more of the day-to-day management of all campaigns, which can include paid search, display, social print, 
and out of home across all business models, as well as responsible for strategy creation, optimization of ads across all channels and analyzing those outcomes. So when it comes to how paid media changes from industry to industry and what that entails, it's just really understanding what the audience, understanding the audience that you're serving. Like in paid media, it's not a, it's not like you could have a cookie cutter approach and and you hope to use the same strategy across industries and accounts. Like we're not bakers, we're not cookers, we can't just have one when one recipe and hope that that could, you know, be utilized across across everything. Well we have to create these highly personalized approaches that take multiple things into account. Um you wanna see if there are any trends, uh changes occurring in in our industry and the client's industry, any message that is trending or topical that we should pay attention to, how that market operates, um, pay attention to the different the differentiator of of your client, uh, look at what paid uh what the competitors are doing. Um what is essential is aligning the strategy with the client goal. Um really discovering any pain points they may be facing or any limitations kind of cool when you in, in when you're in the process of development and limitations in terms of like budget, timeline, practicality and in industry and developing a strategy for various un- industries based on the trends as well as ad trends in our industry. You have to conduct research for for the client's industry, the target audience and the competitors and develop tactics that help you achieve your objective goals. Uh, consider adopting some, some paid tools to help with paid media efforts, uh, especially with this ever-evolving change of landscape and the many behavioral and societal shifts and changes that occur. Ad platforms continue to evolve and transform their own platform by including like additional tools, targeting, or ad types. So you really have to be sure that you're keeping on top of uh, trends of all types, not only our industry. Yeah, that that's uh, very very interesting. I I personally do a lot of strategy because I do more marketing than I do advertising in my job, uh, and I've always just loved you know anything to do with strategy, right? Because it's it's interesting. It's trying to find solutions to problems with the tools that you're given, but also like you have to be careful of what you're doing, right? Because you can't go too far out. Otherwise, you could damage the mm-hmm. client's reputation. So, yeah, it's a very interesting um, side of the... And it's a, it's a side of the advertising industry that we don't talk a lot about, right? We're always talking about billboards and, uh, you know, social media, but we never really discuss how those are put there, right? Who's putting in there? Why? Uh, so, you know, that's that's uh, that's really cool that you, you get to do that. Yeah, I... I, I uh... I'm uh, glad I found this this position and in a point yeah. of my career in which what I'm doing is aligned with what I want in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So obviously, your job, like you said, involves a lot of research, right? A lot of strategy. How do you find that this was your passion? How do you find? How do you figure out? I want to do this. This is this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. So yeah, I've always loved consuming information from just various 
sources, whether that's like passive reading, watching documentaries, uh, listening, absorbing things, really anything that I could get my hands on. So there are various fields that kind of had that same sort of expectations or requirements of consuming knowledge in order to to uh, complete your job. Uh, but none of them really provides a level of entertainment or mix that filling onto its viewer like ads do in marketing. We mm-hmm. have this ability to like consume information, analyze it, and then like immediately do something with it. Don't get me wrong, we're not doctors a lot like our work isn't life or death. But what we have the power to do as marketers and advertisers is we have the power to change human behavior. Yes. One thing that a societal shift that occurred due to marketing is and I don't know if you all know this or not, but in the early nineteen hundreds the color pink was traditionally for boys and the color blue was for girls. And at the time uh, pink was associated with the color of red, which I believe was too harsh for girls, but blue was associated with sky and uh-huh. daylight. And during this time, strategists knew that if they began promoting the notion of one color or another being associated with one gender, sales could double. It really wasn't until the late 1940s that they decided to switch and went the opposite direction and decided blue was for boys. But we as marketers can have the ability to cause paradigm shifts like that in our community. Think about what yeah. with, with what marketing did with diamonds and so forth and so on. There's all these stories. Mm-hmm. There's so many like examples it. of marketing influencing the culture. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's so really interesting. I, I I wanted to be involved in this marketing and strategy with paid media. Because I wanted to leave my industry one day with the knowledge that I had a positive impact on our globe by creating some type of cognitive shift in the minds of consumers. You Obviously, you work with a number of different clients in your job, being a manager. So can you talk a little bit about how you juggle those clients, but you're also making sure that they get enough attention from you? And that, you know, they get what they're looking for without necessarily taking too much of your own time and neglecting other clients? Yeah, I think this is a really great question. And what it comes down to, it takes time to be able to juggle. It takes time to have this level of attention between all your clients and being able to go from one to the other. Like juggling multiple clients and meeting deadlines while also ensuring that they all have the level of attention of detail did not happen overnight. And I'm not going to lie to you about that. I didn't wake up one day with the skills that I have today. Like, I've always been great at multitasking, but going from client to client while keeping their their industry and audience knowledge and ad campaign details, messaging and everything else in mind while switching between clients was on a whole nother level. It can become easily mixed up if you don't have internal methods in place for, for separating everything. I... I suggest yeah. everyone develop their own internal mechanisms for memory. For me, how I recall information to juggle between them all is like I visualize a library and I could I could visually see this library in my head. Well, on the cell fit uh, 
these filing cabinets, and these cabinets are filled with that files that can be accessed by like specific keyword triggers that help pull up information. Yeah. So when I'm done with that file, I'm able to follow it away so that when I retrieve another one, I only think about that information that's in that file. So doing that kind of helps me separate everything, especially when I need to jump from client to client. And those keywords are in like every single note that I take from like internal to client meetings. It's, it's really in all of my notes. It can, and it can be something as like specific as a campaign name or something as broad or as the industry form. Kind of what helped me other than these memory mechanisms for recall is like creating my own process of doing tasks for everything and anything I do. Like for client budget projections and plans to add budget allocations to media flight. This now I'm not saying to ignore your, your company, your agencies or your in house processes. But what I what I'm am saying is add to it. So jumping from yeah. client to client is a crucial part of our industry, especially if you work side, if you work uh, agency side, if you work in house. And the same could be like if you work in the house. The same could be like said for project to project. Aside from the development of your processes, mm-hmm. you have to like keep organizing track, uh, conducted tasks. A single to do list is simply not going to cut it. You have to keep track of everything from <laughs> tasks, details, deadlines, estimated project time. Tools for project management yeah. exist. We live in a day and age in where you practically could find anything online for free that would help, mm-hmm. you know, especially being set, help you keep organized. Yeah. Creating an estimate estimated of how long it's going to take you to complete a project will also allow you to... Um, plan for your workday and help prioritize deadlines and priorities. You may even discover some free time that you didn't see there before for like smaller one-off tasks like booking time for clients for yeah. sending client updates. Uh, be a blocker in your own time. Create blocking the days for working time. Like you could quickly become booked up with meetings and all, of course all meetings are important. So you want to ensure you carve out time in the day mm-hmm. for getting work done or completing admin tasks. Uh, really make your schedule realistic, but don't forget, and I really mean don't forget, to make time for like collaboration between between your colleagues and collaboration between the clients. So like juggling multiple clients or projects can feel like challenging, especially if you're, you know, you're just starting out and you really don't know how to push back. It took a while for me to to learn and find my voice of saying like, hey, I can't meet that meeting time. I got to do X, Y, and Z in order mm-hmm. for me to stay on on deadline. So, you know, having time yeah. to plan, organize, and really use smart goals can help you complete a project on time and with that attention of detail that your clients deserve. So the key here is really to have strong time management skills by setting realistic timelines and more importantly, boundaries. Yeah, like organization. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was saying like we have like a project management software in the company, and then I still have my own like task list and stuff. Just like exactly, yeah, yes. Trello or something. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and boundaries. Mm-hmm. I think is something that we talked about before here, but it's very important because personally, myself, I've had always an issue with saying no to people at work because I want to be helpful because I want to get stuff done whatever 
Uh, and there are times when I just bog myself down with too much work, right? Because I, I agree to help someone, like this person, this person, this person, not enough time for my own projects. And then I'm working, you know, after hours trying to get everything done. So boundaries are just so important. And I don't think that we we discuss them enough when we're talking about professional yeah. settings. So thank you for, for mentioning that, Rose. It's especially true when you're just starting out and you don't know what boundaries you can yes. create for yourself and you really just want to stand exactly. out amongst everyone else. So I just think taking time to figure out what your boundaries are are extremely important. And on another aspect that you also, um, some of your work deals with social media, obviously that changes a lot. So how do you keep up with all the change in social media trends um, and the changes in algorithms online? Keeping up with, I do the same thing that I do with like social media ads as I do with any type of ad channels in the field board. Uh, keeping up with the, like, keeping up with the ad landscape can feel extremely overwhelming especially like like you mentioned there's always these changes so like their algorithm mm-hmm. ranking factors ad type targeting targeting capabilities and everything else like everything is always changing <laughs> and so in our field it's extremely crucial to do so it's not like we uh graduated college and that's it for what we have to study like for us in our field it's crucial that we keep on learning especially for campaign success and yeah. for you to be an expert in your field so that you, you know, when you're, when you are talking to clients that you're all delivering reliable, up-to-date marketing insights. So like I said, I treat social media cha- vehicle channels the same way I do with other platforms and some ways that I like to keep up with ad trends are like subscribing to marketing blogs and newsletters. I personally yeah. use Feetly. I believe I pay $7 a month which is like my R, it's my personal RSS feed that allows me to subscribe yeah. to like different publications, sources, topics, and keywords. And some of the publications I uh, subscribe to is Ad Week, Ad Age, Ads of the World, Ad Exchange World, Digital Trends, uh, Atland, Think with Google, Forbes, and and really client industry-specific publications. I subscribe and listen to ad podcasts, podcasts like Actually Houston, uh, uh, The Big Story. Yeah, that's probably an ad. I set alerts on Google for things that I want to stay in and know about. I follow platform-specific blogs or business news platforms. Each platform that has um, that sells ads for, for companies to target consumers always have, you know, the latest updates or what they're working on or what they've noticed in trends this year. So I also attend events, webinars, and conferences, watch videos for marketing advice from industry leaders and brand leaders. And like I mentioned earlier, all these platforms like Facebook, whether that's Facebook or LinkedIn, uh, will often really see videos that talk about industry trends that they observe on new platform updates. So it's really important that you're listening into what's coming down the pipeline. And really another important thing in how I keep up with trends is researching what brand competitors are doing and see what those companies are doing in their respective verticals. Absolutely. You make, yeah, keep an eye on the, the industry, right? Uh, and like you mentioned, there's a lot of uh, 
great free resources and like even just something like Hootsuite, they host some really great, um, really great webinars, like every quarter or something, you know, talking about like what they're seeing in social media or whatever. So if you are interested, that's also another way to go. And in here in Houston, we even have a lot of networking events that kind of focus on that as well. So th there's a lot of resources out there and it's good to stay on top of the industry, right? What's going on? Exactly. So Rose, you know, we're kind of getting to the end of our show. One thing that I want to ask you is for any young people listening to the show, maybe they just graduated college, maybe they're starting out in the industry. And let's say they really like the, stra the strategic side of advertising, right? How can they get started? Where can they go? Maybe who can they meet? And you know, how do they find that first job that, you know, kind of gets them, gets their foot in the door? Yeah, so I'm not going to sugarcoat it at all. Our field is extremely competitive. Schools are always, like, cranking out these highly skilled future athletes. So always evolving classes to fit today's landscape. I mean, these students are often leaving college with a highly polished portfolio. So if you, if you want to break yeah. into the industry and you want to have a specific role in it, you have to have the fortitude to keep trying after countless rejections. Really know mm -hmm. your worth at the end of the mm -hmm. day. Like, don't set up for a position that you don't want for pay that you don't want for a position that you don't want at a job you don't want. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to like it. You're going to get burnt out. And you're really not going to yeah. see all of the benefits that being a part of our community has to offer. If you're interested in getting started in the industry and, more importantly, the strategic side or the ad side of things, opportunities like getting in, like intern for an agency. Uh, internships will provide you with invaluable experiences that, you know, you cannot get anywhere else, and that helps to add to your portfolio. Take an entry-level position, you know, if it happens to be too late to get an internship, say you graduated yeah. a year ago, you know, take a beginning position and, you know, work your way up. Learn everything you can. Uh, make friends with people at, at, at the agency or in-house across all departments, especially if it's in a department you want to work for. Do freelance work. That's also another amazing opportunity. Uh, yeah. If you're interested in, say, being a copywriter, graphic designer, or strategic, uh, strategist, consider like freelancing to help break into that industry. And those pieces will help expand your portfolio, which will also provide you with like an opportunity to work on a wide range of projects and campaigns. Tony, it feels like one day you could be working on an ad for rice. And the next day, you can be helping people break into the housing market. But if freelancing doesn't interest you, say uh, it is a beast in itself, create fake campaigns. Give yourself a challenge to solve, develop a scope, create an ad. If you're seeing an ad while like, you're scrolling or hear something on the radio and think, oh, I could have done a better job, challenge yourself and rework that project with your own take. It could be for a fake company or a company that exists. Creating fake campaigns will provide yeah. you with that work that would help show off your creativity, provide insights into uh, how you solve problems. Introduce yourself to people who have roles that you want. If you're looking to become an ad strategist, look on LinkedIn for people who have those roles at an mm. agency or in-house place you want to work at. Introduce yourself to them. 
Like, I'm not saying immediately, like, hey, uh, help me get a job at your company. No, don't, like, don't go <laughs> call them. They're not going to answer you. Introduce yourself in a friendly and uh, professional tone. Give your, you know, give them a brief bio about who you yeah. are, why you're contacting them. Uh, if they live close by, like, offer to take them for a cup of coffee and pick their brain. I promise you, most of these people in those positions will want to help out the next generation of leaders. More importantly, make connections and Absolutely. really network in our in our field. And those connections, especially uh, networking, holds true. It's not uh, it's it's not just like what you know, but who you know. Like if you're like me, who yep. had no professional community, you have to build your own. And really, don't you don't want to uh, limit yourself just because. You don't have any industry or agency connections, so join an organization like ATU or AAF. Like, really get out there and meet people. And most importantly, be authentically passionate. Uh, Our work does not have, like, a nine-to-five limitations. We're not going to clock in and clock out. There's always this, like, level of education that's going to take place. That way we can keep up with the changing landscape that we discussed earlier. And finally, really build your brand. Uh, you yourself are a brand. Uh, the way you present yourself to someone matters. That presentation is your brand. And applying the same principles you do to yourself as you would a company will help you get hmm. noticed. So doing those things will help distinguish you from the competition and lay a powerful foundation for your future as an ad leader. No, that's that's very very true. Um, if I can just tell a quick, uh, actually, if I can tell a quick story, I was having lunch with one of my coworkers last week, and she told me that basically the way that she got this the job that she has now is because she reached out to our VP of uh, marketing, right, and because they both went to the same college, she liked the stuff that she was putting on LinkedIn, and she just reached out to her and say, you know, I I graduated from here. She was at a job that she didn't care for. Uh, and just, you know, ask her out to like coffee and then they got to talking and they got to know each other and eventually she offered her a job. So, yeah, don't, like Rose, like you said, right, don't just go out and tell someone, hey, I need a job. But building those connections, professional connections on LinkedIn, it's never been easier, right? And you never know, like they might, this person might help you find a job at some point, whether they actually offer you one or or they're just one of your um, professional references, right? And their name just happens to carry exactly. weight. Exactly, and and, so, and they will help you. Yeah. be able. They will be able to give you insights into like what the job entails, how you get, how they got that position. That yeah. would help you, you know, gain similar experience or look for a position in that same, in, in that same maybe agency or somewhere else. Yeah, you you don't know who they know. And who they know might be hiring. Exactly. And they might be able to hook you up. Rose, uh, that's all the questions that we had. You know, this has been just so much fun to get to talk to you after uh, so long, right? It's uh, it's nice to have you back on the podcast. (laughs) We've really missed you. And um, I hope that you've been able to, you know, keep up with us and you like what we're doing with this podcast that, that you left for well, us. Thanks for having me on the show today. It was, it was definitely a pleasure to be able to share a bit about my story and provide some insights into how to break into the industry itself. Absolutely. It was, it was just great to get to know more about you and kind of, I'm sure for our listeners to, uh, to hear a little more about, like you said, your story, right? 
because we all have very different stories of how we got here. Uh, and they're all equally valuable and they all have the equal amount of uh, insights that young people can, can hear, right? Young people can get something from. Right. Anyways, that's all we have. Uh, again, thank you for joining us, Rose, and we hope that you can join us again sometime again, right? And maybe we can do like another follow-up. Sounds great to me. Awesome. Thank you so much. Hey, everyone. Before we leave, I wanted to remind you that our public service client this year, former drug abuse program, is having their annual Pedash Fun Run on Saturday, May 6th at 8 a.m. The run will take place in Bear Creek Park, and all the process will go towards funding the great programs that they offer to young people dealing with substance abuse. Once again, that's Saturday, May 6th at 8 a.m. at Bear Creek Park. I will be there, Jacob will be there, and some of our other teammates will be there too. And we look forward to seeing you as well. Thank you for joining us today. The Add to Houston Amigos podcast is produced at Radio Lounge. Add to Houston is a collaborative collective of young communication professionals aged 32 and under who are looking to make a difference in the industry. If you would like to become an Admigo, join us at addthenumber2houston.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at addthenumber2houston. Thank you for listening.